We wrote an article that went viral and sparked a natural hair revolution. We are Elise and Aisha, moms to small humans, digital content creators, licensed hairstylists, brand agnostic, curl educators, and generally your snarky girlfriends with no filter. We're two women from the south side of Chicago taking the stupid out of natural hair. Hey y'all, welcome to this episode of Curls Disrupted. We have another guest. I know, like all the guests this In this, this one crowd. part of the season, because you know, we've never interviewed anybody before, but now we're going to kick y'all with, with the folks who are inspiring us, who we've connected with in this curly community, and we want to hear their story. So introduce yourself. Hey y'all, uh, it is Andre Renee, aka Hair Cousin. How are y'all? All right, man. So I know she's super bubbly. <laughs> so I wanted to ask, I mean, I'm gonna ask, but how did we, and when I say we, I'm really talking collectively, not just me, but you could start with how we all met. So I moved to Chicago in 2017 and I was trying to get ready to start a YouTube channel. And so I was um, just on the internet and somehow I came across um, these stylists who were talking about oil and the fact that it doesn't moisturize. And I was like, huh, that makes sense. So I went to book an appointment. March 2018 was my first appointment. And that's when I came in with all the hair and met uh, Aisha and Kristen. Now we met and then what happened though? Because like you are currently like, Two weeks away from finishing cosmetology school, am I correct? Yes, two weeks. How do we get to all of this stuff? Um, like, what inspired you? <laughs> that appointment, that appointment. Um, I had never heard of cosmetology. I didn't know that there were specialists in natural hair. I thought we were all just DIYers. Um, and after that appointment, I distinctly remember leaving and being like, I have to be able to get other people to feel what I am feeling right now. And right now, I feel rich. Uh, and so I was Ooh, like, I, I, want, I, want, I want other people to feel rich. And I want them to not be dusty like I was. And so that started it. But what it became, how did we get here? Um, apparently, and I didn't know this at the time, but like, I'm really persistent. And so I think there was a model call. So I came back to the model call. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I want to be here with them. I want to be in this space with them. And so I'm, I'll be a model. And Aisha's, like, doing 800 things anyway. So she's, like, not responding to DMs. And then she'll come back and be like, oh, yeah, you can come. I'm here. And I'm like, but I asked you four hours ago. And now you're done working. And so anyway, it was a lot of, like, I, I don't know what I have to do, but I'm about to sweep uh, some hair and wash some bowls until, like, I can figure out everything else. So it wasn't a plan. It wasn't strategic. I think it was just spirit, like being really invested in what I was seeing and knowing I wanted to participate. So Audra has been like our backbone for lots and lots of things that have occurred in Cut It Kinky for the last two years. <laughs> A lot of it is my life, though. <laughs> yes. I mean, the real talk, it's been my it's been my personal life. Um, Andra actually like gave me the space to be okay with asking people to do things because I was in a space of doing all the things on my own. And so she came into my space like, look, I can help you with this. She's like, look, you need a sitter? Like, I, I was a nanny. Like, and I'm like, mm, 
okay, I mean, uh, you know. And she ended up, I mean, a few times, well, not even a few, several times, uh, watching Pierce for me just so I could work or even go out of town to work, like leaving her, leaving him here with somebody um, that I trusted. So when I say she's been in, like in, <laughs> within, she has. Um, but tell us this, Andra, like, your appointment inspired you, but what actually like really inspires you to go ahead and take the leap to go to cosmetology school? I noticed this. Consumers are on the outside. I wanted to be in. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's cool, model calling and all that cute stuff, but then we have to leave and we go home. And like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not in the room where it happens. And so I was like, I want to be that's a Hamilton reference. I want to be in the room where it happens. And so I was like, they're not going to say anything to me. We're not going to share details. I'm not going to know about class. Like I'm not going to be in if I don't get licensed. And so I started looking um, and started, (laughs) decided I wanted to go. I told y'all and y'all were like, oh, that's great. And at the time, again, being younger, I was like, I need more support. You know, the way your counselors do when you go to college or preparing or whatever. And that wasn't really there. It was like, I have a room full of self-starters. And I was like, so who's going to start me? Like, we were like, just go, go. But that's, that's a mindset thing that I didn't know. But I was like, I, I just, I, I was young and I just needed a lot more support. But I like crawled my way there, you know, went to school and you was like, don't go to that one. And I was like, okay, don't go to that one. Like, I'm good with like rules and directions. And so I was like, yep, don't go to that one. Go to this location, applied and like went. And then I remember my first day, I was texting on the group chat and I was like, it was absolutely terrible. And, you know, it was a whole emotional thing. I was crying. It was, and I was like, it's fine. And I was like, and this really might have been me. <laughs> both no, of I'm, sure, I'm sure I did. I'm like, wow. So they they are there's no hugs here. There's no hugs here. <laughs> so my spirit just was not ready. Like I was like, I need to call my mom. And you know, my mom like low-key this on me you know so for like changing industries and stuff so that's the thing and I was like well I'm really alone out here in these streets and so (laughs) if I'm gonna get it like I'm gonna have to go get it and I've been there uh, almost two years with all of the you know obstacles and things but I persevered so Mm -hmm. sometimes (laughs) tough love is the best love and it's like we can't we can't do this for you we cannot cheerlead this for you we cannot like hug you forward through this it's like this is one of those things you got to you got to get we're here whenever you need us but you got to you got to be there for yourself as well yeah we want people to show up for us but we don't know how to show up for ourselves and I think that in order to get in order to even know what to ask for for other people you have to be the first one to do it and we you know we get that backwards and so I'm like no one's helping me don't they recognize that I'm doing this and then I was like okay like everybody is doing work you have to bring what you can to the table people will help you once you get there so we are children of the for real 80s. We are the generation of latchkey kids. We are the generation of kids who learned to cook on stoves that didn't have a lighter. Like you don't understand. <laughs> so, uh, we had a stove. We had a we had an ancient stove in my house and it did not have my, a lighter. Mine had mine had a light, but that's actually the difference when you start talking generational difference, and this is something we can we probably bring up in a further podcast, is now we're working with Gen Z. 
um, Aisha is late generation X. I'm early um, gen, uh, millennial. So there's only five years between us. And then Andra, how, if you don't mind, tell us how old are you? I just turned 24. She just turned 24. So there's 12 years between me and Andra. And there's... between y'all so when Aisha says that we were latchkey kids my mother like my mother would leave and go to the store when I was five and you just better not burn down the house and by the time I was 10 it's like I got off my school bus when I got in the house with my own key you got to do your homework. I watched Jerry Springer and Sally Jesse Raphael uh, and made myself some noodles on the stove unsupervised so when we think about the differences in the way that, because you, can, you can't do that now. You could not do that in like the early 2000s. The things that my mother and my father did in terms of raising, you couldn't do that no in the way. early 2000s. Um, and so it's like, there's a different way that the generations tend to relate. So when we think about like, um, Andre had to kind of come into our, again, Zennial and Gen X world versus us being able to even see her in her Gen Z world. And now we do. Now we have a better understanding because she's kind of brought us into it. But we're like, so what's the, we're, we're all like, what's the issue? We Listen, the, like my dad was one of those people like, he, you literally had to like put your, your future kids on a line for him to help you like seriously help you. And so having to do stuff and then be okay with the decision that you made to do said thing and also investing whatever time or money that came along with it, that's just the expected um, with most of the people I grew up with. Like when I talk about people earn some shit, they, we earned our stuff and we're still earning it now as grown ass adults still. Yeah. And so it, but just but the point of entry is just different. And so now we understand that there, there has to be that more structure. There has to be more of the things that what um, Generation Z is more accustomed to in the way they were raised. And that's actually going to be the next turning point with the clientele that we're going to have, how we reach them, how we serve them, what we do with them um, is because and, and the next employees slash mentees that we have um, is how we engage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, since you already knew going into your program that you wanted to focus primarily on curls, how did you navigate um, the curriculum with your, you know, of course, the curriculum is a little outdated, but how did you navigate the curriculum with your huge interest in curls? First of all, I I know that there was a 30-day hair detox and stuff like that, but I just want to be clear that like Andre Renee hair cousin is the original I am black girl curl stand. Okay. Uh, so I get that there was these people who were before me and that's no disrespect to y'all, but like it's me. Um, and the reason that I say that is because everything that y'all, y'all told me I did. So when I went into school, I was like, um, Miss, Miss Elise and Miss Aisha said, they didn't say that we should do that. That's not in the book either. So, um, <laughs> I'm sure you made people mad because actually, strangely, all three of us have had the same cosmetology instructor at some point or another, and we know we made her mad probably. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So she was both um, my manager, and just the environment in general was both, I think, wild at like this completely different, you know, um, niche in the industry that I was coming in saying I wanted to work in. Um, but also I guess intimidated. So I, I felt very isolated when I was navigating the curriculum and I was like, 
you know, all our mannequins have straight hair, da, 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 da. And I guess I was trying to figure out how to combine what I was learning in the salon shadowing and what I was learning in school. Um, and I would say it was about keeping an open mind about the fact that the curriculum has things that are foundational, curls our hair. And so like, I had to take that and really just roll with that, even if it didn't apply to all the like, the uh, wet styling and hairstyling that came later, chemical service or whatever. And it was like, you know, that stuff has its place. Um, but I knew that the basics were undergirding the entire um, niche. And so I just kind of went in with that in mind. Um, but I was like, what's going to help catapult this or bridge me from being a consumer to a professional from school to actually being in the industry as an independent stylist is going to come from uh, Cutty Kinky. Awesome. Now, with that being said, what are your thoughts on adding texture-specific curriculum to the cosmetology program? So I don't specifically need the texture to be like texture as a category or a chapter. But I will say this. I'm totally biased. I had access to... um, the things that y'all were teaching while I was in school. So I didn't miss out the way that maybe other people feel like they missed out, which is they had to wait. Right. And especially with the launch of the tight curl theory, it's like, yes, there is this thing I can have access to now. I don't have to wait to get licensed. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm a little biased there. I'm like, I, I didn't need it, but of course I didn't need it. Y'all were teaching me. So <laughs> I love that perspective. You, she had, she had access that other people didn't have access to. I mean, the same access I had while I was in school by offsetting the shadowing time that I spent with you in the salon mm-hmm. with my time spent in school. And that is what essentially expedited or front loaded my education and allowed me to start behind the chair when I did. And, and how it, you did. How and you how did. I did, right? Right. Right. Because so you start, you started like with a demand. You started with a clientele. Andre, you are going to start with a demand, with a clientele, with people, with an audience built, people who want to book with you, people, and the knowledge because you have been taking models and learning. And Andre's actually probably been to almost every class that we've taught in the last two years because it's like, no, 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 we need Andre. Andre's the one that keeps us on schedule together. Make sure we have coffee. Make sure stuff happens. Pictures, <laughs> light is right. <laughs> so, the so rush before to get conditioned, yeah. we forgot to pack. Like she's been <laughs> taking yeah. care of. Like she took away my job, and I'm not sure I'm. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 because that's that's what Aisha was doing when we started, and then Aisha would like transition from doing that to actually like teaching for real. And now we needed somebody to do the things to keep us together. So it's all it's always a cycle. It's always a cycle of making sure that like there is. There is that cycle of apprenticeship, mentorship, um, being able to bring um, through cosmetology school in the basics of what it teaches and also having a parallel education. That's not. And actually, what's funny is I tried to do that in my first assisting job. My actually my first and my only assisting job um, is I wanted to front load my education and that was not available to me. I had to move at the pace of the salon where I was working. And that pace was two years. And as someone who at that time was already married, uh, living a real adult life, paying these student loans, it was like, 
I can't I can't do two years at 825 an hour. I am willing to put in the work. I might be struggling right now with certain things, but if you needed me to sit in this class and learn this one haircut and it takes me five hours, I want to do that. I want to front load um, because my life is not set up to make minimum wage for two years. Um, I don't, I can't go live with my mother at that time. I think my mother had a one bedroom apartment and me and her couch were not the best of friends. Uh, so at that point, it's like being able to front load when Aisha really entered the market, she entered the market with demand and with appointments and making a sustainable living wage. Andre, when you truly enter as a licensed, a capable professional that you're, you are, and that you're going to be, you're going to be able to have that demand on your schedule, on your time and the skill to make a livable wage um, for what you're doing with room to grow. So that that is definitely a different perspective and a different mindset um, than we tend to be exposed to in the beauty industry. Absolutely. And I'm I'm happy to even be a part of that story of folks who, because I'm not the only one who started when I started. There is another stylist um, that I'm friendly with who started as a blogger too, and she is doing phenomenal um, as well. Style queen, we see you. She's only been in the industry three, four years herself. So to see people utilize the tools that are out there, the social media that people didn't have 10 years ago, the internet that was there, but people were not quite... You know, so they're like, okay, it's there, but we weren't, we weren't that doing it in that manner in 2010. For some reason, I was, but nobody, <laughs> especially not the beauty industry, we're adapter. not using it that way. You were an early adopter. I mean, we, we, I think in some ways we're early adopters in a lot of ways um, when it comes to technology and how we can utilize that technology to grow or extend our own personal businesses. I think and that that's, that's actually I, what I want to ask you specifically, Andre, because you wrote a book. And you are doing other things with alternative revenue, with your following, with what you're doing. What is it that you are, what technology and tools are you putting together in order to make your impact as a stylist? Because even before you can like really truly get behind the chair, you're already doing this work. Yes, yes. I have been watching um, clients come in and just watching and observing the experience that they have when they're in the chair. But being able to be an assistant and see the back end post appointment, like what questions are they asking? What are they saying that they need? And then also having the stress of um, people coming in in certain conditions and being like, what could have helped uh, this not be so stressful for me? Like what boundaries can I establish? And so I thought that it would be better to make this appointment a whole experience. Um, so I, the first part, I would like to give a whole framework for the detox and for prepping for the appointment. And then the actual appointment itself that will include the education, the actual styling and the actual cut. And then aftercare being a portal where you have access to the actual breakdown of the wash and go that addresses the technique issues consumers are having. And this is all bundled together because I don't want you to have to say, well, do I need that or don't that? You do need it. And you're, if you're going to work with me, you're going to get it, all of it. And so developing that one like high ticket offer, one, because I know the whole process is transformative for the client, but also boundaries and like working efficiently for me. Yes, yes. And so the fact that she's able to see this 
before she even establishes that behind like her full behind the chair business, knowing when and where she wants to enter into the industry and how setting that boundary of how you want people to even be interacting with you, that sets the boundaries of who is interacting with you and how you're able to sustainably grow, manage your ATM, your attention, time and money. Because Andre and I are both kind of like we're, we're fairly low energy people. <laughs> So it's like we're going to we have we have to have the boundaries so that we can sustain ourselves in order so that we can be of service um, to others. And so knowing knowing where and when you want to be is going to catapult you even further versus what the typical advice would be is just like throw yourself out there. Take whoever wants to come be in your chair, energy vampire or not, cheek folk trying to get a discount or not. And exactly. then maybe when you're like two, three years in, you can set boundaries. No, set boundaries nah, at the beginning. Nah, nah. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, you that's know, foolish. I will say that. Right. So um, I know people call y'all the hair aunties. I mean, at least you give me auntie vibes. Uh, I used to just like a big cousin. But anyway, I call y'all the blonde and the bougie one. And so anyway. <laughs> I used to the blonde. I guess it's bougie one. Yeah, so um, in my life, you know, they talk about your circle and who's around you and things like that. Like, I have literal rich friends. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, they're rich. Okay. And they don't do that. So (laughs) if I want to be rich, I. I'm not going to do that either. Um, Don't come and ask me for money because I I got the coins, but I got a whole lot of people. Look, look, but I mean, and I'm just talking about like proximity to to black women and the strategy will will change your life. Like it is all about the strategy. And I I watched y'all do it. Doesn't mean that it's been um perfect and that goes without saying but I'm saying it because y'all talk a lot about executing and not being perfect and not having everything all together before you actually go do something and so I'm actually currently in my inbox uh I do a weekly newsletter and so um I adopted that because I realized I have a lot more to say and a lot more that I want to um share and like uh I guess ways that I want to connect with my audience that's not necessarily on Instagram and so I'm in there and I'm telling them like, you know, when appointments are available, you need to have detox. So this is not new. I've been telling them this for months. And so like for me to watch y'all be like, yeah, I'm not doing that because I don't want to, period. Like there is nothing <laughs> that has to come in and say. And I was like, wait, we can just not do things that we don't want to do? Like literally. <laughs> That's rich people stuff. <laughs> when we talk about mentality around people, you know, being broke or whatever, they they call it hustle, right? And they glamorize it. And I'm like, all I know is being broke makes me tired. It makes me tired to be like, I have to work 10 hours a day. I have to take all these clients. I don't even like these people. Like, they don't like They're telling me, people who have made their money are telling me this is how I have to do it. And I was like, that's why I was really like, but they don't do that. And they are rich. And so I went. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess that's, that's what I, I think about this stuff all the time. Like, my nails. I started getting my nails done because Aisha was, to sum it up, she was like, you look a little dusty and you you decided to become a beauty professional and like, that's the face you made. She's like, I'm glad Aisha did that because clearly I'm I'm the 
what I'm too old, I'm tired. <laughs> That's the thing. I, I, and at least, you know, you, you kind of exist in your own, like, I can't even really describe it. It's like, this is how I showed up. The kind of like the genius. You know how nobody says anything to the genius because they're like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're a genius. So who cares? Like don't the ta- you know the tan pants or whatever your thing is, like stereotypically. But we don't say nothing to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you might you might have said something to me about eight years ago, but now it's like no, no, no. You and you don't care. I still do. I, I still do. I no, I do. It's like you can't. <laughs> and where's your lipstick? The, I, I, I the am. reason I started wearing lipstick, I did. I didn't own lipstick before Aisha called me out about it. And now I have like seven colors, and everybody's asking what lipstick I'm wearing. And I'm like, it's because of Aisha. Yes. Sit on my shoulders and tell me like. Sis, uh-uh, that's not. Don't go out like that. Now okay, wait. I'm back. starting to get in my neck. I started getting my nails done because Elise got her nails done and I liked how they looked. And it was before, it just wasn't a time thing for me. Remember when you had got, you did have your nails done for a little while before your summer. I oh. that in. Yes. Okay. Yes. I got my nails done. They were bomb. They were bomb though. And I was like, oh, I should probably go do that. And that's what inspired me to do it. And I just kept, it's a thing because the only thing that I really get done is my nails. I do my own hair. I go get it colored, but I really still style it my, and do it myself. So it's just the one thing that somebody else gets to take care of um, outside of myself. Um, that's an extension of me. But yes, you're right. I didn't say you were dusty. I want people to know that's not what I said, but I was like, you need to polish it up. Though. It don't matter what you're Because you you were dusty. It's the same thing. <laughs> It's so I didn't say you were dusty. Friend, go back in the house and put on some lipstick is the equivalent. <laughs> it, yes, yes, it is. But that's that's also one of the things it's like we we're we are now in the age of visual, we're in the age of digital, we're in the age of selling personal brands. And so when and how we show up, because at this point we have to show up. Um to present and to educate and to do all those things especially starting out like at this point if I showed up like this because y'all can't see me today but if I showed up like this nobody's really gonna bat an eye because again long 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 receipts but when you're newer in the industry you're showing up people are judging how you're looking what your hair looks like because I used to wouldn't let me cut my hair for years and it was just long because it's like you people still don't know who you are people still don't know what you stand for so now you are the representation of the thing that you're standing for and you have to be that representation until your name comes up without you even being in the room and so that's where that's what you're doing it's like now <laughs> you, you are the representation of what you're doing getting into the industry being this person it's not so much about being fake or putting on something no, no, it's no. just about polishing up um, oh, yeah. who you are what you do how you do it and packaging it for um, easy consumption. And I, I don't necessarily like the way that sounds, but that's exactly what we're doing. Um, today, earlier, we actually did a live session for our a mastermind membership uh, around selling, around the mindset of selling. Because for a lot of us as cosmetologists, that's difficult. And I think that does start in cosmetology school, um, especially if they're a school that doesn't emphasize a, par- a particular retail line or the business part is like, they're encouraging you to just kind of use any product, use whatever product, um, and just doing a style, not necessarily, again, the business structure behind um, how to retain that client, what makes 
uh, that client stay with you because they know how to recreate what you've done and they can be fly without you being in their hair. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We do trust and believe we had a presentation recently. It could have been sparkly lights all around our screens. The way we showed up that day It was like (laughs) polish. Makeup, Super violent. Full face, full face of makeup, pulled back, like, yes. <laughs> yeah, to that point, um, there's, I'm not going to, definitely not going to say any names because um, I don't even know it. So this lady, she she uh, sells hair care products and um, she show up ashy, you know what I'm saying? And here's the thing, like, it's distracting. So when you say consumption, <laughs> For me, it's like I want them to focus on what I'm saying and I want them to believe me. And part of me being able to do that is being able to show up not ashy so that when I tell them do this thing so you too can be moisturized and not ashy, they're going to be like, she's not ashy. I'm going to buy that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's Mm -hmm. how how the psychology works. And so um, I don't want to buy her stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't want it's to a, it's, an, it's I listen, I've been an aesthetic person for a really long time. And that was so funny that I didn't gravitate towards the beauty industry earlier in my life. But I always gravitated towards the things like when I worked in Creative Barrel, I spent all the time like visiting. I would go visit a sofa, but I love that sofa. Not only did I love the way it looked, I love the way it felt. I would go upstairs and sit on it at my lunch hour. Like I would just do that. But I'm telling you, like it starts with the eye and then it leads to the other things. And once people get past when you come out and you know, again, present yourself visually, then you can show up any kind of way, you know, sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes. Don't get too comfortable. When I show up, like now, it's like, if I show up, if I show up, there's like, oh yeah, she showed up because she's also eight months pregnant and you you don't want to see me. (laughs) (laughs) So that, that's, that's our, that's our uh, digression into like presenting yourself as, as a newbie cosmetologist, as someone who is building that audience, looking for your, your right client, your right customer, that customer who sees your value um, and sees the value in what you do. Uh, So with that being said, you've already gotten started. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Professionally, professionally, I'm going to be real, real honest. I have some things mindset wise that I really have to push through in order to dream that far ahead. And I think I recognized a few months ago um, that professionally I have like been dreaming from a a place of lack. And so it's like, it's only going so far ahead. Like I'm only dreaming so far ahead and planning so far ahead. But I think when I start to realize that I can dream from a place of abundance, then I'm okay to say, this is what I have planned. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a freedom that comes with dreaming that if I don't let go of certain things and, you know, blockages or whatever, I'm not going to be able to do it. So I can't say in five years where I, you know, where I see myself professionally, I think um, cosmetology school has been very trying. And so I feel like once the weight is off, then I can exhale and get to work. Like I, I that's really how I feel. So I don't know. I understand that's that. That was, that was me at the me at the end of college that was me at the end of actually cosmetology school which was september 2016 in college which was may sorry no september 2006 and cosmetology and then undergrad is may 2007 and it's like once you're able to get some of that really big heavy stuff like that you just have to finish 
off yeah. your back, then you can start to see the future. But right now you're you're so yeah. laser focused on this deadline, this thing. So we completely understand and definitely support. But I will say this so that it's etched in time. Um whatever cut it kinky is doing, I'm gonna be there. So yeah. Yeah, I want it so then we can look back and like, huh, look at where you were five years ago. <laughs> I knew that I know that much now that <laughs> the way that I eased my way into the salon space and was like, I'll throw that away. Mm-hmm. I'll go get that sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> onion rings. I know you come in town for the onion rings release. I got you. I got you. Like the same way. The thing that was an art and that was a skill. And I didn't it know was. that. Then. And so, oh, you best believe in five years, I'm going to be like head of whatever. And that's fine. That's what we like. We're growing together. I need you to be head of whatever, ma'am. Yeah, head of whatever. Head of whatever. That's, but you know what? I like that position title, actually. <laughs> that sounds expensive. So we'll talk. <laughs> head of whatever. It sounds expensive. Uh, we'll talk. <laughs> Can you share how Cutty Kinky has contributed to your revenue, um, your clients, and even your ATM? Revenue. As a professional, Cutty Kinky has taught and is teaching me how to see. It's a really interesting transition from consumer to professional. I did not know that seeing was a real thing. I know that that's why I paid for that appointment was because my stylist could see something and she could make it happen. So when it comes to revenue, um, like the coins are coming in from my digital e-guide um, while I'm asleep and while I'm out hanging out with friends. And this is all things that I learned from Cut It Kinky. It wasn't even primarily things that I learned in school. And so when you go from not bringing in any money, period, there is no coin coming in to bringing in money. I don't care if it was a dollar a week. Like that's a dollar that I earned because of something that y'all were able to teach me as far as framework for revenue. As far as clients, like I said, rich. I want rich clients. Um, <laughs> and I do because I want to be rich. And so I, I can't, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it has to happen that way. But I will say this, y'all have taught me to keep myself as a professional centered. Um, as opposed to being like, whatever the client wants, the client gets, the customer's always right. Like this other mentality where I feel like it's backwards because that is very draining for me. So in keeping myself first, I say, how can I best serve the clients? Who do I want my clients to be? How do I want to work with them? Um, all in a way that honors both of us, honestly, gives them optimal value. And then also allows me to flourish and create the life that I want. And clients help us do that. It's a partnership. And so, um, and then ATM, this is from hanging around both of y'all. I'm like, I need to make more money because I don't want to do any of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Like the thing I value most is my attention and my time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that because I was taught like to value money most in the sense of like, you just take it in and you save it. And then you do everything so you don't have to pay for it to get done. And I was like, as I watch, you know, y'all level up in these different ways. I'm like, yeah, now that I think about it, I don't like to cook either. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, you know, I don't think I'll do laundry this week. I'm like, well, it's got to get done. So who's going to do it? Like, and just literal mindset things that it's like, I like the freedom of being able to say, I do, I'd like this and I don't like that or vice versa and decide, like I have the control. That's what the ATM really taught me. 
you decide where you want to invest. Either you give your attention to it, your money to it, or your time to it, or a combination of two sometimes um, to get the other one back. And so, and being the assistant um, and working, and I'm like, I want to meet one day. So, um, <laughs> yes, all, I want to be one day. The, you are the me that everybody wants. Yes. <laughs> I want you down here with me. <laughs> I need you here with me. The biggest discussion is between stylists that have talked about hiring assistants. Like, no, but I need an Andra. Like, where do they still go? (laughs) (laughs) That was like, dude, I can't even. Like, that was like the universe, the Lord. It was. Because I was literally delivered her to me because I wasn't even looking for her. Like, I didn't know she was going to be the person um, that I needed in both my personal and my business life. And she didn't know that we were going to be the people that she needed in her personal and her business life. Um, As I'm sitting here listening to you talk about where you came from, I'm I'm thinking about where we came from. Because we, like the same stuff that you're saying that you are working through, those are things that we work through to be able to share with everybody else. So they don't have to deal with the shit that we we've done it. So you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, all of it. We've done it. We like, nope, not doing this. Like, I know that you don't want to do that. And you know, we have conversations. I'm like, you don't want to do that. And I don't say it in a way like to discourage you, but like, here's why you don't probably want to let me consider this before you leap into that kind of thing. Um, and I'm always, I'm a big proponent of what. What do, you, what do you have space for, right? That's what I always come back when you tell me, so I'm like, okay, so what do you have space for that? Like, I'm just, I'm always gauging oh, that, oh, but I'm just virtual, huh? no more. No virtual. No, this is a thing. It had a time and a place and I experienced it and then was like, Mm-mm, no, no. <laughs> like, but when I first did it, she was like, you can have that. I don't want to do that. And I was like, I'm like, sure, I'll take it. Like, this is going to be amazing and stuff. And I did one of those calls and I was like, no, 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 no. No, like, like, yep, okay, I learned it. I experienced it myself. And that's definitely a part of it. But if you had not said anything to me, I might not have had a framework for like, do, I don't have to do, like I said, it comes back to the fact that I know y'all don't do things y'all don't want to do. So I was like, I ain't got to do this. And I don't want to. Like, Cool. Like, freedom. Freedom. It gives me freedom of choice. Like I'm telling you, being rich is the best thing for everybody. <laughs> no, it's really. I would say what's bigger than the the being rich is seriously real talk is doing things that you have space for. That is literally because we're we're both at a point in the business where we're like, I don't want to do that. Like you want to do that? And like I don't. So now it's like we don't have to. There's there's nobody holding a gun to us. There's nobody who has control that says we must do this thing. And for so many of us, especially the women in the beauty industry, we feel beholden to living up to certain expectations or standards or things that clients want or things that salon owners want or things that somebody else outside of us thinks that we should be doing. And mm-hmm. to give ourselves the the permission and the freedom to say, no, I don't want to do that. And then eliminate that from what we do and from our lives 
gives us, again, gives us the freedom to have the things that we want to be included in our lives. Even if that means like letting go of certain clients because that client is a drain on us and that, but that, that doesn't, that's not a lack moment. That's actually an abundance moment, knowing that that makes room for the person, place, or thing that needs to come in there that we actually do want. If we keep holding on to all the stuff that we think we should be doing and shooting on ourselves, especially the things that we've learned uh, from osmosis and that we are taught directly, especially in the beauty industry, uh, we hold on to so much stuff and it's not serving us. We have to figure out what is serving us and how we can serve from that full pot of abundance. So absolutely, that's that's to clarify. That's what I mean by rich. So I I mean the way in which y'all move. Like that's something that I've watched since I first met y'all. So it, it includes coins. It's not less than that, but it's more than that. But again, I think that being able to bring in coins. So when you ask me how it's cut a kinky impacted my revenue, that allows me to not be in a mindset of like, I have to do the things I don't want to do. I have to take the clients I don't want to take. I have to do the means of marketing or this, the ways that I don't want to. It freed me up. I was like, people are investing financially in the value that I offer and they don't, they're not too like, it has to be in this format. And so it gives me freedom to do that. And then when now, you know, when the revenue is coming in in that way, I'm like, I, yeah, I, I can't like emphasize that enough. I don't have to do it that way if I don't want to, Not which brings that. peace of mind. Uh, what? All of the peace. You know that Lauryn Hill song? It's like, I got a fine peace of mind. That was yes. really the only good song on that whole album. But that song is reflective of pretty much everything that we've ever thought about in terms of our business. It's like, if you don't have peace of mind and who you are and in your business, that is where the lack of sustainability happens in this industry. That is where we burn ourselves out so much that we think that our income is limited, our revenue is limited, um, that we don't have the the mental capacity or the even the physical capacity to be in this industry. Like right now, I'm on a hiatus. I've been on a hiatus since March. I will probably be on a hiatus until next summer, but at the earliest. But that doesn't stop me from being able to pick back up when I do, because again, thought and mindset about it is, yes, I may have to rebuild a clientele. And that is not something that's daunting for me because of how I think about it and how you're thinking about that, that you're building an audience that and skill now where you can choose who to work with when you're just leaving school. So it's a, it's definitely a different thought process and a different mindset that we bring to Cut It Kinky. So last question is what would you say to someone who is on the fence, whether they are a newbie or they've been in this industry forever and ever and ever, um, who is hesitant, who's thinking about joining Cut It Kinky, but who is hesitant um, to invest? I guess it's the same thing we say to clients in a lot of ways. Um, you are going to spend money. You're going to probably waste money. You're going to spend time. You're probably going to waste time. And you're definitely going to spend a lot of energy. What do you want to have to show for it? Because at the end of the day, Cut It Kinky is going to make sure you have your receipts because they need theirs. I know there's a lot of mindset stuff that can get in the way. But I guess like you, you, are, you are deserving of joining Cut It Kinky and being transformed by the entire process, the community, the education, like you're deserving of that. So I guess, do you want to be rich now or later? <laughs> yes, you want to be rich now or later. 
I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Andra. Because you're right. That's what we tell clients. But that's the same thing that we want for our professionals. And it's, it's about the receipts, but it's also about being able to make sure that our industry is sustainable, that our industry um, retains the people it has, that the people who have passion, especially the folks who have passion for tight curls are able to sustainably like exercise their service. So they're here to be of service and to mentor and to bring other people through. So it's, it's all this ecosystem that we, we have been working to build for like five years now uh, <laughs> to, to make sure that this is something that is definitely not a trend, that this is something that carries on for future generations of folks. We should still be talking in a hundred years about this information, this cut kinky information, this tight curl information that people didn't just go natural as a a fad and then we're back to doing whatever we were doing to our hair before that for some of us was okay and for some of us may have been harmful nobody got left behind like that's what that's what essentially we did we didn't leave behind the consumers um and we're not leaving behind the professionals as it as it pertains to uh, a niche that people kind of just like like they was like okay like at the club you in, you in, and left the tight curls out the club. Like, we see y'all outside the club, and now you can get in. So that's that's where we are with it. We don't want to leave anybody behind um, with tight curls or through tight curls. We don't want to leave anybody behind. Awesome. So thank you so much, Andra, for thank being here. Thank you so here. much, Andra, for this interview. Like, thank you for sharing, like, your experience um, your insight. And yes, you know, the three people you heard from, they have a different perspective um, because they all came, they're early adopters. <laughs> the early adopters. They're early adopters. Um, and it's dope to hear their experience. Um, and hopefully, um, I guess, you know, at some point we'll see you guys in the community.